Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Please remain standing for the reading of the scripture. This morning we continue the letter of James, chapter 5, beginning with verse 7. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another, so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors. As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Indeed, we call blessed those who show endurance. You've heard of the endurance of Job, and you've seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Above all, my beloved, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. It's good to have our bells here this morning in our wonderful, glorious, beautiful choir and the train. (laughs) We love the train. It reminds us of our city and we're grateful to be in this beautiful city called Marietta. For those of you who are joining us for the first time or it's been a couple weeks since you've been in church or listened to or watched a service, Um, We are in our seventh week of a letter of James called Practical Living. And for these past weeks, it seems, it seems that James has been raising his voice just a bit, just a bit. Certainly, he's raised an eyebrow a time or two. Now, I don't think he's being impolite in any way, but I think he is making his point and, and I think... I think he's getting our attention. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't often have someone raise their voice at me. But when they do raise their voice, it captures our attention, as any parent or child will tell you. When someone raises their voice, you know they mean business. You ought to hear, and you ought to pay attention to what it is that is being said. Now, James, he doesn't start off raising his voice. He starts off with pleasantries. It's polite. He's being very polite. He says some niceties up front before he gets at the meat of his message. And that's when he starts to raise his voice. He's following proper polite etiquette in this letter. Now, I know over these many weeks that we have talked about how James has been harsh, how James has been direct and even caustic in his language at times. But it's only because he cares about the people. He only wants what's best for them. 
He wants them to remain true and steadfast and to not let the things of the world detract or steer them away from being faithful followers of Jesus. James knows that it can be hard. It can be hard. And if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we can lose our way. We can become complacent. And we can even become indifferent. But the voice that we hear today, the voice that we hear today is not from James the preacher. It's James the pastor. And there are times, I think, when a preacher needs to step away from the pulpit. Now, sometimes we need the words of a preacher because they need to, you know, tell it like it is sometimes. But sometimes we need the words of a pastor. We need the words of a pastor to help soothe us to offer comforting words, especially when we're struggling and we're wondering about life, we're wondering about God, we're wondering about all the problems that we have in our life. We just sometimes need to hear words of comfort and words of encouragement. And that's what we have today. Be patient, beloved. Strengthen your hearts. Oh, for me, these are a balm. They are a balm upon our withered and tired and aching souls. In fact, it reminds me, I don't want to have another hymn because I didn't mention that I was going to be singing. I won't sing it, Jim. I won't be as bold as, as Chad was. But they remind me of the African-American spiritual. There is a balm in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There is a balm in Gilead to heal the sin-sick soul. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my work's in vain, but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. It's a bomb, these words from James. And in this seventh week, we need these words we need to hear the words of the great physician, especially for those who have experienced exile or known loss or suffering or betrayal. And the churches whom James is sending this letter to, they need the words of the great physician. The people, the people are living in tumultuous times. We know their story. We've heard their story. They're poor. They're being taken advantage of. The landowners are not giving them their just due for payment for a job done. And some of the believers are becoming disheartened. They're getting caught up in friendship with the world, filling themselves with envy and selfishness and disorder and evil, and they're forgetting that they worship the Prince of Peace, the one who calls us to love one another, and it's a merciful and compassionate God, but God is also the judge, and James mentions that here. The judge who will come on the day of reckoning. Justice, says James, will come. Rest assured, there will one day be a new heaven and a new earth. Rest assured, it will happen. For the early Christians, the parousia, that's a theological term that we like to throw around. It's called the, the coming of Christ. And for that early Christian community, the coming of Christ, they felt was imminent, that second coming. 
The judge is standing at the door. The words of the prophets had pointed to this moment. See, he's coming, he's coming, like a thief in the night, catching us all unaware. It's any wonder that actually this text from James is an Advent text because it points to the coming of Christ and it speaks of the hope of this coming. And I think, I think it's good for us to hear an Advent text in February. I think that's good because it's easy to forget what just a few short weeks ago we celebrated. The traveling family to Bethlehem, the baby born under the stars, the visit by the shepherds, and the wise men from the east. It wasn't so long ago that we sang Silent Night and Go Tell It on the Mountain. And I can tell some are already getting restless, getting tired, weary from the wait until perhaps Easter when folks come out of hiding or boredom or complacency. And they'll come and they'll join the celebrations once again. We know and we can see all that. And we must wonder that there must be some miscalculations with the coming of Christ. Because he did not come to those first Christians. In fact, it took generations and we are still waiting for the second coming of Christ. But time is in God's hands. Time is in God's hands. A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. They were waiting for Christ to come, and it turned in that waiting became generations. And for some, the waiting becomes simply too long, and they turn away. They can't wait. Now, I'm not sure what's better than waiting for Christ, but the world is an enticing place. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to lose focus. And James has already shared all that with us with those words of warning. But for James, this letter is not singular. It's not singular. It's for the church. And he doesn't want the church to be disheartened. He doesn't want the church to slip into sin. So the pastor softens his voice. And gently he offers words of encouragement while you're waiting, while you're waiting, no matter what you're going through, beloved, no matter the hardships, brothers and sisters, no matter what is going on in your life or your struggles with faith, my friends, be patient. Be patient. Strengthen your hearts. Show endurance. Because there is something much bigger at stake than what you can see. You are a mist, James shared that, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. But God is eternal and so much bigger than we can see or we can even get our minds around and we want to take God and put God in a box and say if God isn't like this then there must not be a God or it's not the kind of God I want. Perhaps it's as Fred Craddock said, that even if the Christ is being delayed, it is simply another case of the patience of God, not wanting any to perish, but that all repent. 
(laughs) is hard. Isn't it hard? It's hard to live out our day-to-day lives. (laughs) This patience, this enduring, we might call it this suffering. It's hard to do this and it is exhausting. Have you ever been in the grocery store, maybe when you've left work or in the evening when you're trying to find the last minute items for your dinner and there's a mother there She's doing the same thing that you're doing, only she has three kids with her. One is hanging on to the cart. One is hanging on to her. She's got all these things going on in her mind, and she's got certain things that have to be done before she can ever put her head on the pillow. And one of her kids bumps into you, and she looks at you and meets your gaze. And when you look into her eyes, what do you see? You see that she is so tired And she's looking perhaps for just a little bit of sympathy, an acknowledgement as she's trying to do everything she can just to get through the day. Has that ever happened to you? I uh, know that this pandemic has created a world and an exhaustion that I don't think that we will be able to know the full impact of it for years. And it's still not over. Unrest in the world continues to give us anxiety and the church. (laughs) We all see the empty pews. Let's not talk about it though. Let's not talk about it. And we wonder if our friends will be returning to church. Do you wonder that about your friends? Are your friends gonna come back to church? The experts or the pundits, I don't know who it is that you listen to. They say, they say that only 80% of a congregation will return, if that. I think that number's probably gone down. Ever. That 20% or more will never, ever return to church. Not this church, every church. I wonder if some Christians have gotten tired of waiting for the coming of Christ. Has complacency set in? Are there better things to do on a Sunday morning than to go to church? And have we marked the days and the hours of God's return and said, that's enough, I'm done I'm not waiting anymore. I'm moving on with my life. No, 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 no. Be patient. Be patient. Strengthen your heart. Show endurance. It's what we do as people of faith. We all need some encouragement from time to time. We need to know that somebody sees us. That in this world, that we're not alone. We also want to be encouraged in the faith, do we not? Because I think it's easier for any one of us to just slip out the door unnoticed. To think that it doesn't matter and that God doesn't even care about us, and let alone the church. Every Sunday morning, I receive, without fail, two texts. I receive a text from a former church member who has been praying for me for years. I also receive 
a text from a clergy friend of mine. And this is, these are the texts I received this morning. A very good Sunday morning to you, my friend. This is from a former church member. I am praying that the Holy Spirit strengthens and gives you hopeful <laughs> and gives you patience. Blessings and hugs. Here's the next one. Uh-uh. You're not going. Holy one, surround your servant Julie with the strength and the faith to move mountains today. Fill her heart with your love and confidence. Assure her you walk with her each step of the way. She is your beloved daughter. Amen. It's why <laughs> it's why Christian community is so very important. It's not to fill the pews. It's not to count the numbers in our Sunday school classes or our other ministries. Of course, we've got to do that because it's the church and we need the data. But it's not for the numbers. It's because we're a Christian community and to be a Christian is to be a part of a faith community we need each other. Look around you. We need each other. We can't do this alone. I don't want to do it alone. I want to do it with you. I want to do it for those who, who are out in the world, who, who are looking for some hope and looking for something good, who are looking for salvation. I want to do it with them too. Because when we encourage one another, We help one another. And it goes like this. Somebody might be feeling down. And they might be ready to throw in the towel. I'm not going to go to church anymore. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired of God. God's not answering my prayers anyway. And your, your Christian brother or sister says to you, wait, 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 don't give up. Don't give up. Strengthen your heart. God's going to show up. Let me show you the ways that I've seen God in my life. Let me tell you what I saw today. Now, your faith might not be strong right now, but mine is. So lean into me. And when my faith isn't strong, I'm going to lean into you. Isn't that what Martin Luther King Jr. talked about when he talked about the beloved community? That we could lean on one another? We don't need to do this alone. We're not supposed to do it alone. To be a Christian is not a private thing. Faith requires patience and you can't gain it all in a day. Look at the Olympics. Do you think that ice skating was last night? Do you think that those ice skaters just got out on the ice and were able to do all the things they did? No, they had to practice. They had to have patience. They had to have endurance. They had to keep going even when hardships occur. James uses the patience of Job. I thought that was an interesting analogy because James often, Job doesn't often have patience. He does some grumbling. I mean, he asks God, what the heck happened? How did I lose everything? What have I done? But he struggles to be patient and to wait on God. But whatever you do, don't be Job's friends. Because if you read Job, you know they're pointing fingers and saying, what did you do? How can you do this? You better straighten up your act. That's not the way of faith. It's not the way of faith. We are called to encourage one another. It's like a farmer who waits for the precious crop 
to burst forth from the hard Georgia clay. Be patient with the seed underneath as the rains come. And it's going to give birth. It's going to come in time. Yes, yes, yes. Be patient. Strengthen your hearts and show show endurance. But again, we can't do this alone. If you think that you can do the faith all by yourself, then I'm guessing that you might at some point slip away. We do it together. And maybe there's someone you know who hasn't been to church. Maybe you're wondering where they're at. Maybe it's a perfect time to reach out to them. Who do you normally sit next to in the pew? Who haven't you seen? Do you text them? Do you email them? Do you pick up the phone and call them? You encourage them to come back to church? To let them know that they're missed? We try, but, you know, and the staff, we try, but we're missing people. We know that. But you know people. And more importantly, to remind people of God's love and grace is in abundance. And that waiting for Jesus is a group activity. It's not something to do alone. I read a story about a pastor who shared about his Aunt Gladys. Everybody needs an Aunt Gladys. She always had a little apple orchard at her home. And one year he visited, and he couldn't help but notice the huge crop that year. The branches hung heavy, and some were cracking with the weight of the abundance of those apples, and they hadn't seen anything like this in years. So he asked Aunt Gladys, well, why did this happen? And she told him that last year, last spring, there was a frost, and all the buds froze. And when that happens, Aunt Gladys said, an apple tree does something miraculous. It stores up energy in thousands of small bumps or nodules, and they call these seons. And all that energy pulsates through the network of seons until the spring of the following year, and then bam, you have an exploding riot of buds as an apple tree unleashes all of its unstored energy. Gladys's description made the pastor think about the spiritual life. Sometimes the hard frosts of this life, whatever they might be, cancer, divorce, bankruptcy, trauma, grief, depression, complacency, they cause our hearts to freeze. But at the core of the Christian faith, we also live with an incredible hope of promise In and through Christ, (laughs) there will be an abundant harvest in our lives. The words of the pastor are encouraging. This is what he says. God's power is pulsating under the gnarly bark of this world, even our bodies. In Christ, we are being formed into small nodules of living hope. And during certain seasons of our life, We feel our hearts waiting, longing, and even aching for those frozen places to burst into life. Our living hope is that one day 
all this stored up glory will be unleashed in a joyful riot of splendor. Now, I don't know. I don't know when Christ will come again. But I do know that he will. And I want as many people as possible to be ready. (laughs) I don't want them to lose hope. I don't want anyone to become complacent or become too friendly with the world. Instead, I want them to know, I want you to know, beloved, that one day it will all be worth it. For one day, (laughs) and it'll be a glorious day, one day, The Son of Man will be coming in the clouds with great glory and power. And the voice that we will hear will echo throughout the ages saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't want to miss that. Do you? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.